He was blind in one eye. It's totally open. Never even know that he had a problem. That's what Jesus does. That's Jesus is in the healing business. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Glory. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated if you can. I want to thank you all for coming tonight. You didn't come to hear a man. You didn't come to hear any person. You come to receive from God tonight. I'm not God. Are you hearing me? Keep your eyes on Jesus tonight. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Jeremiah 29, 11. I just want to start there. One verse. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. We're on a mission tonight. Amen. Says this, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but there is a nasty rumor going around on this earth right now. Come on. I mean, just, just an unbelievable rumor. That rumor is this, that God is putting sicknesses, diseases, and bondages upon people. And do you know what the most amazing thing is about that rumor? Many Christians that claim to know the true God, they're pointing the finger at God for their problems in life. See, I, I'm convinced, people, I am totally convinced that God is the most wrongly accused being in the whole universe. And tonight, I want to prove to you why that is in regards to this topic of healing. And tonight, I am simply an ambassador, a representative I'm going to step out and say, I'm a lawyer tonight. Come on. And I am representing him in this courtroom tonight. Because he's been wrongfully accused. And I want to prove to you from the word of God that he is not only able to heal, but more importantly, he is ready and willing to heal you right now. Right now. Are you hearing me? Right now. And it's time to prosecute the devil. It's time to take authority over him in your life. Are you hearing me? Now, before we really step into this, I want to cover ba a basic foundational truth before I jump into this whole thing. First of all, the Bible is the written, infallible word of God. Are you hearing me? There are absolutely no contradictions in the word of God. None. If you read a verse or a passage that seems to contradict each other, the problem's not with the Word of God. The problem is with your understanding of it. Are you hearing me? The Bible reveals the will of God. If you want to know how God feels about a certain topic, it's all in the book. It's all in the book. 
And if you don't believe the basic truths that I just said about the Word of God, I'll tell you right now, you're wasting your time in this place tonight. If you don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, it's infallible, perfect, no contradictions. If you don't believe that, I'll just tell you right now, you're wasting your time. Because it is the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Everything about this topic of healing, miracles, and deliverance revolves around the Word of God. And truly, it revolves around the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are some in here tonight, some listening to me on the radio and on the internet around the world that are blaming God for their sickness, for their disease, for their depression. And I'm here to tell you tonight, as his representative, as his lawyer in this courtroom, he has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. And I really felt strongly as I was writing this message, I really felt strongly that if you have ever blamed God for those things in your life, or even I'm going to step out and say this, because we know this is a popular thing to do. Have you ever thrown stones at a minister like a Benny Hinn, like a Copeland, people who the Lord is using in a mighty way on this earth, even to speak his, uh, his message on healing? If you have ever spoken against that, them if you have ever pointed your finger at god and blamed him you need to repent of that right now don't think oh, come on you come to a healing meeting god i want to receive healing while you're throwing stones are you hearing me you need to put that under the blood of jesus christ right now just do it right now say heavenly father forgive me for throwing stones forgive me for pointing the finger at you it was out of ignorance are you hearing me so tonight I want to teach you truths from the Word of God that will help you to reject the packages that the devil is trying to bring into your life. If you have a pen and a paper, you're going to want to take notes. i got a lot of information here. So tonight I'm asking every person in this place listening to me right now to put aside every negative thought, put aside every negative teaching that you've ever heard or received about the topic of healing and deliverance. Maybe you come here tonight and you're, you're just kind of a spectator. You're like, all right, what's this all about? And you walked in here and you know you're full of doubt. Come on now. I'm asking you, put aside every, everything you've ever thought about on this topic of divine healing. Anything negative, put it aside. And let's go to the main Thing that can give us light on this and that's the written word of God amen so with the help of the Holy Spirit I want to replace every lie that you've ever held on to with the truth of God's word and I hope you came with expectation tonight because have you heard the phrase expectation is the breeding ground for miracles expectation is the breeding ground for miracles like I said earlier, the word impossible is not in God's vocabulary when it comes to healing, deliverance, and miracles. And it shouldn't be in ours either. Amen? All right. Now, here's the deal. If your mind is not renewed with the word of God, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, we all know that scripture, most of us probably, says to renew our mind with the word of God. If your mind is not renewed with the word of God, 
it will be filled with the poison of doubt, the poison of unbelief about God's will to heal. Come on, we, we know this. Everybody knows, even the sinner knows that God is able to heal. Duh, he created everything. Where most people trip over is, does God really want me healed? Isn't that not right? I mean, come on. Uh, if you don't believe God's able, there's, a, there's bigger issues in your life than just the sickness and infirmity. The elevator's not going all the way to the top, if you know what I mean. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By hearing the truth. And literally that means faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. You ever heard something and, and just something on the inside goes, man, I've already heard that a thousand times. What if it's 1,001 times is the time when you're going to really take hold of it and you're going to put it over? Are you hearing me? We need to hear it. We need to hear it. So faith comes that way, but I'll tell you right now, fear, doubt, and unbelief come by hearing and hearing by the word of the devil. Hearing lies. Has not God said? Come on. We know how the devil works, don't we? Romans 8, 6 says this, for to be carnally minded is death or separation from God. Don't even expect to enter into the things of the Spirit of God with a carnal mind. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded means that you are believing things that are totally against the Word of God. In a nutshell. To be spiritually minded means that you receive what the Word of God says, you meditate on it, you stand on it, and you're willing to build your entire life on it. That's a spiritual Christian right there. Now, turn to Philippians 4.8 with me. I questioned the Lord. I, I, I felt like going in this direction. I'm like, Lord, are you sure you want me to share this in this part of the message? And hey, we walk by faith, don't we? So sometimes we just got to step out. It's not always going to make sense to our natural mind, right? Hallelujah. Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brethren, talking to Christians, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, worthy, meditate on these things. Much of the emotional and physical issues that a person has stems from an out-of-control thought life. The, the Holy Spirit just illuminated this to me in, within the last months. Most people meditate on the doctor's report. They meditate on fear and not what God says about your situation. Are you hearing me? So listen, on the case of a doctor telling a person that they have six months to live, they meditate on fear. And they, they come on, I've seen this before, and probably some of you have too. A doctor gives that death sentence, six months. 
The person is just so fearful. And I'll tell you what, they fulfill that prophecy, that word curse from the doctor almost to the day. Why? They received the devil's package. They received the devil's package. And if there's a doctor in here tonight, a doctor listening to me on the internet or radio, you need to stop speaking those word curses over your patients. And I'm going to say, you need to shut your mouth. Someone needs to hear this. I don't know if there's a doctor here or not. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands in here. (laughs) But someone listening to me right now is a doctor, and they are speaking word curses over their patients. I would rather that you say nothing at all than to be a mouthpiece for Satan. Let's just tell it like it is right now. Go to Isaiah 26.3. Why sugarcoat it? Guys, this is a life or death situation. God is not politically correct. Pastor James, that's not nice to say that. God is not politically correct. And we shouldn't be either as Christians. Are you hearing me? Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him, or her, you could say, in perfect peace, whose mind, whose thought life is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. An out-of-control thought life produces what the Bible calls strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 tells us as Christians to pull down strongholds, to cast down arguments, and every high thing that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Well, where's the knowledge of God found? The Word of God. Now you can see why there's such an agenda in the secular realm to get the Word of God out of the schools, out of Washington, D.C. Guys, Satan is behind all of this. Against every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. To the obedience of Christ. I want to ask you this. Who told you that healing is not for today? Who told you that your situation is hopeless? And you're always going to be this way. Those individuals who told you that have knowingly or, come on, unknowingly, teamed teamed up with Satan and evil spirits to bring you down. Well, Satan can't use another brother or sister in the Lord, can they? Well, he used Peter, didn't he? Did he not? My, my, my. We are to take every thought that does not agree with the Bible, the Word of God, into captivity. What does that mean? Don't let that thing run wild in your mind. Now, come on, I'm not saying it's easy. But it can be done with the help of the Holy Ghost. We are to judge that thought. Judge those thoughts. Every thought according to the word of God. Not by our opinion. Come on. And not by the experiences that we had in life. Uh, Guys, you would be amazed at how many Christians base their, their belief on a topic based on something that happened to them in life. We're not called to do that. We're called to base our faith on the Word of God. 
That is the only truth. Are you hearing me? Satan's greatest strategy is to attack your thought life and my thought life. If he can keep us in bondage to fear, doubt, and unbelief, he knows that it is impossible for faith to take up residence on the inside of you. It can't mix. Now, I heard a saying from a minister, and I love it. He said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from making a nest in your hair. I, are you hearing me? I'm talking about your thought life. Control your thought life. Control your thought life. James 1, 6, and 8. Turn there with me. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. This is powerful. This is a powerful passage here. It says, But let him, the believer, ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man, the double-minded man, suppose that he will receive anything of the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. God is literally saying, if, if you're, you have a brother or sister in the Lord and you're talking to them and, and, and they're talking in faith one minute and, and doubt the other second, it actually says we have the authority to tell them, you're not going to receive that. Are you hearing me? It says, tell that man, that man tell him he's not going to receive anything of the Lord. And that goes with healing, deliverance. Are you hearing me? I'm tired of smorgasbord Christianity. Well, I'll take a little bit of this. I'll take a little bit of that. No, I don't want that. That no, that no, no. I'll take a little. Either you believe the whole book or you don't. Either you believe it all or you don't. Amen. God is saying to us: You either believe me or you don't. You have two options when confronted with the Word of God. You can either read what you believe. Twist it, or you can believe what you read. And I'm asking you to believe what you read. Any teaching that doesn't line up with the Word of God and brings people into bondage, you know what the Bible calls that? A doctrine of demons. It's getting pretty quiet in here. Are you still there? Or have you gone home? See, you didn't know that devils go to seminary too. <laughs> Joke. All right. But listen, God is no respecter of persons. You hear me? He's no respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of your social status. He, he doesn't care how much money you have. That doesn't, that's not going to gain you any favor with God. And so on. But listen to me. And hear me good, he is a respecter of faith. He's, he's not a respecter of persons, oh no, 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 no. It doesn't matter if you're a judge in this town or, or if you're a beggar on the street. He's no respecter of, that, of that, those people. He just, he just, you're not going to have any more favor if you're the judge. I don't have any more favor because I'm a pastor in this town. Are you hearing me? But he is a respecter of faith. If you are a Christian... We serve a faith God. He demands that we come to him in faith. We're saved 
through faith in Jesus Christ. So many people get so out of control when you, they, you say faith around them. Their, their wall goes up. Oh, faith. Oh, faith. Oh, you know. Faith is in the word. Say faith. faith. See, now that didn't hurt, did it? In fact, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible. So now, but let me, let, you know, people have gone off on a tangent of faith. I, I give you that. But let, let's straighten this thing out right now. Faith is not a denial of a sickness, disease, or bondage, or problem in your life. Are you hearing me? But faith is denying its right to be there. Faith is denying its right to stay there. That's what true faith is. Now, if you found a thief in your house, you're not going to go in and say, oh, he's not there. Glory to God. He's not there. No, oh, this is just a, a pigment of my imagination. He's not there. Uh, no, you're going to, oh, come on. You are going to deny his right to remain there. You're going to kick him out or you're going to shoot him. One or the other. Come on now. Uh, you know, there's just some wackiness in, in people when they talk about, oh, I don't have this. What are you talking about? You got a goiter this big hanging off of you. Come on now. It's there. I feel it. Come on. No, it's denying its right to stay there. Friends, come on. If, if you're a Christian, don't think you're never, the attacks are never going to come. Come on. And just because it does doesn't mean that God is displeased with you or he's angry. Come on now. It's time for the body of Christ to start growing up. We know we have a real enemy. Are you hearing me? That's why we got to stand up against these things. We got to kick the thief out. So we, we got to kick him out. Now that's interesting. If a thief was in your house, listen. As a Christian, the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we need to kick anything and everything out that's associated with the devil. <clears throat> For the Christian, it's a fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. It's not a fight in the natural. Are you hearing me? It's a fight of faith. The Word of God says, like I said, we're supposed to live and walk by faith. Faith means choosing to believe and stand on the promises of God and the finished work of Jesus Christ and not being moved by your circumstances around you. See, I, I tell you, God takes great delight in those who simply come to him with childlike faith and trust in his word. We as the body of Christ as a whole, I'm preaching to myself, we need to have childlike faith. Come on, childlike there, there's too much of this, hmm, you know, I'm too old to act like, come on now. We need childlike faith. We need to just believe him. Believe what he says. Believe what you read. Go to John 8, 31. So as you can see, this teaching seems in the natural a little backwards talking about this. You would think this part would be on the tail end of it, kind of. You'll see what I mean in a moment. John 8, 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, 
and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now listen, beliefs in a person's life are nothing more and nothing less than an accumulation of knowledge. An accumulation of knowledge. However old you are, as long as you've been on this earth, you accumulated knowledge, and that forms a belief system on the inside of you. You agree with that? If The problem is this. If the accumulation of knowledge is false, your whole belief system toward God and this topic of healing is going to be out of whack. Are you seeing what I'm saying? See, there are some that have taken knowledge from their painful childhood in their relationship with God. I'm speaking to some, some people in here tonight. They had a painful childhood. Uh, just Maybe a terrible father or whatever. And they take the, those feelings into their walk with God. You know, if you had an abusive, abusive father or you didn't have a father at all. You may find it hard to relate to your heavenly father and receive him as the Bible reveals him as love. You think, after all, why would God want to heal me? Come on. Is there any, anybody in here like this? Why would God want to heal me? I'm no good. I'm worthless. And all of these things in a person's life make up their belief system and perception of who God is. Some stumble over the topic of healing because they had a relative who had a terrible dis disease and was prayed over and they still died. Friends, let me tell you this. Never exalt experience over the word of God. Because I'll tell you right now, we don't know every situation in that, in that person's life. Oh yeah, I knew that person. They were a great Christian. You don't know. Only God knows all I know is God's word works, but we got to work it. Never exalt experience over the word of God. Yeah, but Aunt Bessie, she went to church all of her life. She was a great Christian, and she still died of cancer. Yeah, well, you know, one major detail that they don't tell us is Aunt Bessie went to a church that doesn't believe in divine healing. They believe that miracles stopped over 2,000 years ago. Hello? Are you hearing me? We don't know the whole story. That's why you can never base it upon experience. Just know this. Like I said, God's word works, but we must work it. We must believe it. We must apply it. And we're not alone in this because God has given us his Holy Spirit to guide and lead us into all truth. He is the revealer of truth. Do you know that? If you have an infirmity in your body today, the Holy Spirit has been trying to lead you. He's trying to direct you to be a partaker of the promises of God. The problem is, are you listening? Are you hearing me? Do you have an ear to hear? Now, according to John 8, 31, 32, according to Jesus Christ himself, it's not just the truth that sets us free. Did you know that? It's not just the truth. It's the known truth from the word of God. Jesus said, you, he said, uh, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. Now this is interesting. Tie that scripture with Hosea 4 chapter 6 where God literally says this, my, the first part of it, my people, 
not the sinner. The sinner don't belong to God. Are you hearing me? The sinner, the Bible says, is a child of the devil still. God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And you could say this. You could say a lack of building your belief system on the word of God. And you wouldn't do any injustice to that scripture. Because listen, a lack of knowledge when it comes to the kingdom of God and your benefits, a lack of knowledge of knowing the word of God is not bliss. You know, you ever heard that? You know, what I don't know can't hurt me. I'll tell you right now, what you don't know in the kingdom of God will hurt you. Just a matter of time, brother. Just a matter of time, sister. Go to John 10. 10, 10. I'll show you why here. John 10, 10. Jesus said this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I have come. Jesus said, I have come. That they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus was referring to the devil as a thief. The devil is a thief. I said the devil is a thief. Thank you. Let me ask you this then. Since when does a thief play fair? Since when does a thief just come up to your door and say, excuse me, I'm John, can I come in and rob your house? No, no, no. They look for anyone to get in when you're not there, break down the door, kick that window in. Come on. They don't play fair. That's why what you don't know will hurt you. Because he's a thief. He'll take advantage of your lack of knowledge. 1 Peter 5.8. Go there with me. <clears throat> Are you tired yet? All right. I got to lay this basis here. We've got to know. You want your healing? You've got to know some things from the Word of God. You know, this is not just drive-through stuff. Are you hearing me? I'd like two Big Macs and a fry. Uh, I'd like two rolls and a shake. Huh? You've got to know some things from the Word of God. We've got to untangle that mess, that, that belief system that's so out of whack. All right, 1 Peter 5.8 says this. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary or enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, lion, seeking whom he may devour. Take a pen or a pencil and underline the word may. Seeking whom he may. What does that mean? Whoever opens the door to him, he'll devour you. And one way that we open the door to the enemy is by a lack of knowing our benefits through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we find that out in the Word of God. The Bible is the will of God. Now we know other doors. Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Come on. You need to put that under the blood tonight. You got to put it under the blood. In, G in John 10.10, 10, Jesus said that he came that we may have life. And that we may have it more abundantly. Let me just let you in on a deep theological secret, all right? I said this at the last meeting, but new faces. Ready for this? Jesus and the devil are not friends. They don't work together. They don't call them up and say, hey, Satan wants you to do this and that. Are you hearing me? 
They're enemies. Enemies. Sickness, disease, and bondage do not, I don't know about you, but those things do not fit my description of an abundant life. Is anyone home? Because listen, those things produce death and pain. Satan's goal, according to John 10, 10, according to Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, Satan's goal is to steal, kill, and to destroy. And friend, that's what these things do in the life of an individual. So not only is God able to heal, but he's more than willing to heal you. In fact, listen, come on, let's take this a step further. The perfect will of God is that we would be in perfect health. That we wouldn't even need healing. Listen, healing is a provision. The perfect will of God is that we be in health. 3 John 2. What do you do with that scripture? Are you hearing me? Because, well, how can you say that? How can you be so firm about that, Pastor James? That, that sounds pretty arrogant, does it? Doesn't it? Huh? Well, when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, there is not one hint that sickness, disease, and bondage were there in the beginning. Listen to me. If you miss this fact, you're going to stumble the rest of your life over this whole topic of healing and deliverance and God's will on this matter. These things, sickness, disease, and bondage was not even in the picture. Everything was perfect in the beginning. Are you hearing me? God said everything that he created, he said, is good. He said it's good. And study it for yourself. I'm not going to go into it now because of time, but sickness, disease, and bondage entered the picture when Adam sinned. Sin brought the curse into the earth. Never in God's original plan. Right, take hold of this now. Take hold of this. In fact, throughout the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, sickness, disease, and bondage are referred to, come on, as a curse. It's a curse. That's what it's referred to as. And then, on the other side of the coin, health and healing are referred to as a blessing. Read Deuteronomy 28. It says it right in there. I, 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 I'm sorry, but I mean, I've been well and I've been sick. I like well better. Are you hearing me? I like well better. Sickness, disease, and bondage does not bring glory to God. In Paul's thorn. Oh, is that a twisted scripture by the devil? I said there's no contradictions in the word of God. You read a scripture, it looks like it contradicts. Something's wrong with our understanding on that matter. I got a whole teaching on Paul's thorn on the internet at revivalchristian.org. I don't have time to go into it now, but you need to know that it was not sickness, disease, or, or, or bondage. Because if it is, we might as well throw the whole Bible away. We might as well throw it out. You, the heart of it, it was persecution. We might, as well, we might as well just go home. We might as well just go home then. Because that would contradict all the other scriptures about wholeness and healing and deliverance. 
Are you hearing me? The main goal of sickness and disease is to cause pain, death. That's why it's called a cursed curse. Just as sin, sickness, disease, and bondage, they're totally against the nature of God. So you could say it this way. Take hold of this now. Sickness, disease, and bondage entered into the earth through the gate of sin. The gateway that opened the door of the floodgates for this thing was sin. Right? And then you could also say this then. Sickness, disease, and bondage in all of its kind are nothing more, nothing less than the fruit of sin. A fruit of the curse. And if you've, uh, come on now, if you've ever had the belief that sickness, disease, and bondage are the will of God, do you know what you're saying? If you kept that same school of thought, if you think, nah, sickness and disease is, is the will of God, if you just kept that same thought going, let me tell you what you're really saying. Are you ready for this? You're saying that sin is the will of God then. Huh? Well, these things are nothing more, nothing less than the fruit of sin. They came in, they weren't in the original plan of God. They came in, they entered in through the gate of sin. So if you believe that sickness, disease, and bondage is from God, and, and it's good, and, and you're glorifying God, well then sin must glorify God then. See how stupid that sounds? You know, any sane or logical person knows, even the sinner knows, that God hates sin. And I'm here to tell you tonight, God hates the fruit of sin just as much as sin itself. And you need to hate it too. How, let me ask you, how bad, how fed up are you with this thing in your body? How fed up are you with this depression, anxiety? How fed up are you with it? Do you hate it as much as you hate sin? Or maybe you're in that situation because you don't hate sin enough. I forgot to tell you, I'm not a seeker-sensitive preacher, so. Uh... <laughs> See, God hates pain and despair. I, he hates it. Do you, you think he likes to see his children in pain and suffering? Let me ask you this. How many of you would love to see your kid with cancer? Come on, let me see a show of hands here. How many of you would love to see them laying on in a hospital bed, puking their guts out with cancer and all these things? Would you like to see that, anybody here? Then why do you accuse God of taking pleasure in that? Oh, Holy Ghost, let revelation flow in this place. What's the rev remedy then? What's the cure? His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is the name above every name. His name's above cancer. His name's above arthritis. His name, come on, you fill in the blank. What do you have in your body? His name is above that thing. Jesus Christ was sent into the earth to reverse the curse and the effects of sin. Come on, in the lives of all those who put their faith in him. Come on. He came to, I, I said, he came to reverse the curse in the lives of those that put their faith and trust in him. That's why first, Second Peter 1, chapter 1 says that we can live and be partakers of the divine nature. That's not new age. Come on, that's the word of God. Look it up for yourself, Second Peter 1. 
1 and 4. And know what that's saying? It's saying you don't have to live down here, okay? Are you hearing me? You can live higher standard here because we have exceedingly great and precious promises that we can take hold of. And we can war with them. Come on now. Go to John 3.16. Hallelujah. John 3.16. Oh, glory. We're hitting a bullseye in the spirit tonight. I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of warfare in our church, in our congregation, as we're leading up to this. By the way, is anybody here because of the, the commercials that we put on 100.9? Big country. All right. Praise God. You know what? It's worth the 380 bucks then for you coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. John 3, 16 and 17. <coughs> God is so good, isn't he? Oh, hallelujah. Who told you he's not in the healing business? Who told you he wants you to suffer? Come on now. John 3, 16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus did not come into this earth to condemn or to destroy the world or the people of the world, but that all who receive him as their Lord and Savior would be saved. Now, okay, you're thinking, okay, great. You know, we heard that. I heard that in Sunday school millions of times when I was a kid. Big deal, Pastor James. Well, it's all in the Word. Did you know the, word, the Greek word that's translated saved in John 3, 17 is sozo, which means this, to save, heal, cure, preserve, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger, destruction, and to deliver. All of these things are wrapped up in a nice package called salvation. All of these things. Who told you that salvation just means that just when you get to heaven one day, that's it? No, that's the fullness of our salvation. Did you know eternal life started when you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Do you know that? Eternal life don't start when you get to heaven. It's now if you're a Christian. Are you hearing me? So, saved to heal, cure, preserve, to keep safe and sound, rescue from danger or destruction, and to deliver. Sozo is also traded, translated salvation. Come on. In other passages in the New Testament, I'm telling you, salvation is a package deal. Oh, but it's only when I get to heaven, right? So, so I guess I'm just going to have to put up with whatever the world throws at me. I'm going to have to put up with whatever the devil throws at me. But when I get into the by and by, you know what? I'm telling you right now, God needs us now. We are his ambassadors. There's people going to hell right now. We need to be out and doing the Father's business. If he didn't need us right when we got saved, we'd get beamed up. Come on. The fact is, he needs us. We are his ambassadors. Come on, not just us pastors, are you hearing me? Every Christian is an ambassador. You can go out and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Are you hearing me? You can cast out demons. You can, too, set the captives free, and you need to be doing that. Now turn to Isaiah 53. As I'm getting close to winding down here. Or are we just winding up, glory to God? 
Isaiah 53. Uh, if you would like a free copy of uh, this, this teaching, just put on the information table back there, just write your name and we'll have one available for you. Um, Isaiah 53, because I know I'm giving a lot of information. But you know what? You know, I, I debated, man, maybe I shouldn't say this much, but I, just for a healing service, we don't know if this is going to be your last time here. Are you hearing me? You need to hear. I, I, I can't cut corners. This is life or death, people. This is life or death. i got to give you the whole kibosh right here. Are you hearing me? The, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says this. Now, before I read it, this passage in the Old Testament is referring to the first coming of the Messiah, of Jesus Christ, all right? It's pointing ahead, all right? Listen. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Now listen, it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The Hebrew word that is translated griefs literally means sickness, sicknesses. Did you know that? It literally means sicknesses. There's no way around it. And the Hebrew word that's translated sorrows literally means pains. And it's interesting how it ends on, and by his stripes we are healed. Isn't that interesting? Now, the biggest thing someone will come up and say to me or, or whoever else is teaching on this subject, they'll say, yeah, yeah, I know, you know, I, I know it says that, but, but that's only referring to a spiritual healing. That's only a spiritual healing. He just took our sin away, right? Listen to me. The answer is, is that it refers to both spiritual and physical healing. Listen, when Jesus was healing a man in his earthly ministry here, he said in Mark 2, 2, verse 9, he said this. The Pharisees were giving Jesus a hard time for wanting to heal this man, all right? And, and Jesus said this. He said, what is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to arise and walk and take up your bed. Get out of here. Jesus said what? He said, well, what's easier to say? Isn't that interesting? So not only did Jesus deal with the sin through his death, burial, burial, and resurrection, but he also dealt with the fruit of sin, which includes sickness, disease, and bondage. You know what Jesus was really saying? He's saying, what's the difference if I say your sins are forgiven or arise and walk, be healed, whatever? He's saying it's all salvation because salvation is the package deal. You can't separate it, although the devil's trying to do a good job in the body of Christ and on this earth, isn't he? And for the most part, he has really crept in, hasn't he? Hallelujah. Now, now I want to read a passage. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. Now, this is a New Testament pa passage. Jesus is in his earth earthly ministry now in this, in this passage here. And it makes reference, this passage is pointing Back to Isaiah 53, which I just read. Listen. 
It says, when evening had come, they brought to him, to Jesus, many who were demon-possessed. By the way, deliverance from demonic spirits, the Bible refers to as healing also. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Look at verse 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, friends, if that's not proof that healing is in the gospel, if you don't see that, I don't know how you're going to see it then. Because this is in the context. It just gets done saying he was casting out demons, setting the captives free, and healing the sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken in Isaiah. A direct correlation. A direct correlation. Jesus took our infirmities, it says, it, not just took them as in, come on, he didn't take them just in sharing them with us. No, that literally means he took them, he has taken them away. Or you could say it this way, you're like, okay, then why am I dealing with this in my body? He took the legal right away. He took the legal right away. Come on, the legal right. Remember the devil's a thief, he's going to try to creep in. He's going to try to creep into that temple of the Holy Ghost. Really, what Jesus did is provided the provision. Well, why aren't all healed? Why aren't all saved? Didn't it say in the Bible that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world? Doesn't it say that? It said Jesus died for the... Is the whole world saved? Well, what, what do you mean? What has to be done then? Oh, they have to receive him by faith to tap into it. And that goes with all the benefits of salvation. Jesus took the legal right away. Because when you are a sinner, listen to me, when you are a sinner, you are a child of the devil. You are under the devil's kingdom and dominion. When you got saved, now you're in a different kingdom. Praise God. The legal right's taken away. He has no authority over you, only what you give him. Only what you give him. 1 Peter 2.24, turn there with me. Is it clicking? 1 Peter 2.24. It says this, talking about Jesus. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Again, some say that only refers to spiritual healing. The answer, it refers to both. Why? You can't separate it. It's a package deal. It's a package deal. Now, if you deal with the root, you also remove the fruit. That's a catchy little saying there. Listen, I want you to notice something. Isaiah 53, 5 says, by his stripes, this is in the Old Testament one I just read. It says, by his stripes we are healed. It's pointing toward the cross. And it says you are healed. And that is pointing, like I said, to the cross. 1 Peter 2, 24 here, I want you to notice. It says, by whose stripes you what were. What's it doing in the New Testament? It's pointing back at the cross. It all comes down to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Do you, are you catching on? 
Galatians 3, 13 through 14 says that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. And it's all through faith. You Okay, you want to read about the curse of the law? Go to Deuteronomy 28. What you'll find is sickness, disease, and bondage is a curse. In Galatians, a New Testament scripture says that Jesus has redeemed us, bought us back from the curse of the law by his own shed blood. How much more, how much more uh, information do we need? 1 John 3, 8 says that Jesus, the Son of God, was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. How many in here would say that sin is not of the devil but of God? Good. We're making progress. Jesus come to destroy the works of the devil, which includes sin. Did he not? Did he not conquer sin? He conquered the fruit of it too, legally speaking. Oh, hallelujah. I'm almost done. But listen, the promises of God are not automatic. We must know them, believe them, and receive them all by faith. And sometimes it's a fight of faith. Sometimes it doesn't come. You know, a miracle is instantaneous. A healing infers a process. But listen to me, to truly have faith for something, you must know the will of God on the matter. If you don't know it's the will of God for you to be healed, then it's simply hope. It's simply hope. I've got to show you something. Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, 40 through 42, I want to show you how, how important it is to know the will of God. We need to know. We need to be convinced. We need to have a conviction. We need a conviction. We know it's God's will for us to be healed. Because if not, you're always going to fall back into doubt. Always. I guarantee you. Uh, Mark 1, 40 through 42, it says, Now a leper, someone who had a terrible skin disease, came to him, Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If, listen to this, if you are willing, Jesus, he's saying, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him and said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. I was, I was in, uh, in my house today and reading this scripture, and the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. I want you to notice that Jesus according to the scripture, laid his hand on the leper first. Did it not? Is that what it says? He laid his, did the healing come then? It doesn't infer that, does it? Not at all. But when Jesus said he was willing to heal the man, it was then that the healing manifested. Did you catch that? Well, don't, don't you think that the son of God, when he comes over, boy, and he just laid, that's all he needs to do, Right? No. It said when he was spoke, when he spoke, when he said, when he said, I am willing, that's when his healing manifested. How important is it to know the will of God? Friends, it's life or death. It's life or death. That statement from Jesus, those were the very words from heaven that the man needed to hear, and it ignited his faith. I said it, it ignited his faith to receive. Some people believe that everything that happens on this earth is the will of God. Well, 
If it happens, well, it must just be the will of God because, you know, God's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants in the old time, right? You know what that's called? Spiritual laziness and ignorance. That person is too lazy to read and study the Word of God to find out for themselves the benefits in the Word. So what do they do? They hide behind that mask of, well, if, it, if God wants to do it, he's just going to have to do it. If he doesn't, well, must be the will of God. If you really believe that everything that happens is the will of God, you know what? Oh, man, if you take this school of thought, let's, let's just take it again. I'm going to slay your sacred cows now. Are you ready for this? If you believe that everything that happens is the will of God, rape, molestation, murder, things that are happening right now must be the will of God because they're happening. Now, who in here is brave enough to admit that those things are the will of God? Can I see a show of hands? You see how foolish it is to say that? You can't deny those things aren't happening right now. In fact, I know there's some people in here tonight that have dealt with things like molestation and rape and all that stuff. Can you honestly, in the heart of hearts, tell me, yes, God wanted me to be raped. Yes, God wanted me to be molested. Can you honestly tell me that? I didn't think so. So then why are we blaming everything on God? Why? He will intervene if we let him intervene. And part of that is through faith and standing on the word of God. Now listen to me. Your belief or opinion doesn't mean a thing if it's not backed up by the word of God. It doesn't mean one thing. In fact, Satan doesn't care if you have an opinion. What he desperately tries to keep you from is finding and knowing the will of God from the, word, from the Bible, the will of God. That's, that's the whole thing. You want to sum it up in a nutshell? He wants to keep you blinded from the will of God. All right? Because if you take hold of that and you learn what belongs to you, he knows his kingdom is being pulled apart then in your life. Amen? Psalm 103. Psalm 103. I'm telling you, this is the thing, is that we got to really take hold of how much Jesus, how much our Heavenly Father loves us. Oh my. God is love, right? And if we'll be honest with ourselves, a lot of times things that happen in our life, it's from us. Come on, let's just be honest about it. It's from us. We, we open the door. I mean, we don't do what we should do. Amen? Psalm 103, 1 and 5. Listen to this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What's the benefits? Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Hmm, interesting how they kind of line them up. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Cancer's not involved with that. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
Well, youth renewed like the eagles, what's the point of sickness, disease, and bondage? To take you out. You see the contradictions on this whole topic? Now, that's a, now listen, that is a passage in the Old Testament. If God is so willing to heal and make himself known as the healer in the Old Testament, surely he hasn't taken away or changed his mind under this new and better covenant, as Hebrews says. I don't know about you, but I don't think it would be better if he took that away. If he said, you know what, I'm not your healer anymore. I, I'm just being honest with you. And we can say that boldly because we know he is the healer. Amen? In that package, it tells us not to forget all of God's benefits. We as Christians have unused benefits that we need to take advantage of. Now, doesn't that bug you? Say if you have a medical plan or something and you go to the doctor or whatever, and we're not against doctors, by the way. Doctors are trying to do the same thing. We're just trying to go around in a different way. Doctors are good, amen? They're trying to go in the natural. We're just bringing supernatural into it. But listen, uh, where is I going with this? <laughs> the benefits. If you, thank you. If you had, if you had a medical uh, insurance, and you paid for some, you paid a whole bunch of money for this, this thing, this test or something, and you found out that it's covered by your insurance, but you didn't know it. Friends, people go, they're 60, 70, 80 years old. They go their whole life, they don't know their benefits. We have unused benefits in the body of Christ. In Exodus 15, 26, God says, I am the Lord that heals you. Hebrews 8, 6 says that Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still, still healing, delivering, and setting the captives free. Now, just as I finish here, think about this. If healing was not for today, why would God tell us to go lay hands on the sick and they would recover? Uh, why in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 would one of the gifts of the Spirit be the gifts of healing? Why would God tell us in James chapter 5 to call upon the elders of the church to anoint the sick, uh, the person with oil, and to pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord will raise them up? Now, that would be pretty bogus, wouldn't it? If God didn't mean it, then we might as well just throw the whole Bible away. Either he meant what he said or he didn't. By the way, the prayer of faith does not have if it be thy will in it. Because to truly have faith for something, you need to know the will of God. If you don't, it's just a prayer of hope. I hope it happens. But hope and faith are different. If healing were not for today, what do you do with Jesus' words in John 14, 12? Look at this. Come on. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. He's not talking about going and, die and getting crucified again. Hello? The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Jesus said we would not only do the same works, but greater works because he would send the Holy Spirit to empower the whole body of Christ. And what did Jesus do in his earthly ministry? He preached, teached the gospel, healed the sick, cast out demons, set the captives free, 
raising the dead? Yes, people. People are still being raised from the dead today around the world. And it all comes down to the fact that the provision of salvation through Jesus Christ is indeed available to every person on this earth. And you cannot do enough good works to earn your salvation. You cannot do enough good works to earn your healing. Do you know that? Come to him with childlike faith. It, I'm telling you, it grieves the heart of God to see his people in pain. The world, it grieves God to see the whole world in pain. It was never supposed to be this way from the beginning. It was never supposed to be like this. It grieves the heart of God to see us in pain. We need to stretch our hand of faith to him tonight. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5 was so desperate to get to Jesus that she pressed through the crowd to him to touch him. And when she touched him, she was made whole. How desperate are you tonight? How desperate are you tonight? Press through every hindrance in your life with, the, with your faith. Touch Jesus with your faith tonight because he will, he is able and he is willing to make you whole. Are you hearing me? He is willing. He's able. He's willing. Now, let's stand up in this place right now. We're going to set the mood. We're going to put on some music. If you need a healing in your body, I want you to come forward here. We're not in a hurry. If you have to leave and, and, and you're done for tonight, thank you for coming. But we're going to take our time here. This is not part of the service here, okay? We're, we're going to take our time praying over people tonight, all right? I want you to come forward. But let me say this to you. You should never stop your medication or medical care until your healing or miracle is confirmed by a medical doctor or a medical professional. Are you hearing me? I never tell people to stop medication. You, you, you know what? Listen. God will not be offended to go to the doctor and have him confirm your healing. I, he, won't be, he won't be offended. Trust me. He won't. So when you receive your miracle or healing, when it manifests in your body, let a doctor confirm it. All right? The rest of you, thanks for coming. If you want to hang around, that's great. Don't be a spectator. Be praying. Stretch your hands. Be praying. People, come forward. I'm going to ask the pastors to come forward with me also and, and help pray with the people. Hallelujah. And as you're in your seat, just worship the Lord. Let's, let's form an attitude of worship here today, tonight. Just go ahead and crank it. Crank it up, Chris. This, I, I repeat, this is, the service is done. The teaching is over. Thanks for coming. God bless you. Go to church tomorrow, people. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Now, Jesus is the healer. We are simply a point of contact. We're simply vessels. It's a point of contact. When hands are laid on you, it's an act of faith. 
when we lay our hands on you and pray for you, I want you to verbally say, I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. Just You need to verbally do these things. I'm telling you. We give place to the devil with our words. We kick him out with our words. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 